taken from Romans 6, uh, verses 1 to 14. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live with it in any live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. This is the word of the Lord. Great. Well, let's keep that passage open. It's a more of a topical sermon, but we'll look a lot at this passage. Yeah, thanks, Heidi, for reading. Thanks, Rebecca, for already praying. So may God bless his word to our hearts. Great. Well, uh, what we're going to talk about is, uh, is change. Change, we all want change. You know, Obama, when he campaigned, what did he campaign on? Change, we need, we want change. You know, you go to the bookstore, lots of books, well, you can change. And if we follow what I say, the world will change. And none of us are really happy with our lives, with the world. We want change. But how does change come? Many Christians, yeah, of course, we love the resurrection, right? Easter Sunday, and we say that's when the world changed when Jesus rose from the dead and the new creation started. The only thing is, maybe not much seems to have changed, right? Um, if you were not in Jerusalem, would you have noticed that the new creation had started? I guess not, right? Uh, no. How does the resurrection of Jesus 2,000 years ago, how does it affect our life now? That's what I want to talk about today. Because, yeah, we talk about the resurrection, but in a way, it was way back in the past, right? And then we talk about the, 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 our resurrection, way ahead in the future. I mean, it could be tomorrow, but most likely it will be a while, you know? Uh, there's that one and that one, but it doesn't seem to relate to me, right? Of course, it does relate in some ways, right? Uh, the past resurrection, it gives us real certainty. You know, we know that there's a God. We know there's life after death. We know who Jesus is. You know, that certainty is, it can change our life. We have hope. 
hope of a future with God, hope of a, an escape from sin and death, of course. Certainty and hope. I mean, what does this world need? It needs certainty, it, it needs hope. People don't have that. But as we'll see today, uh, there is more. There's not just a past and a future. The Bible also talks about a, a present resurrection, a third one. It's of course related to Jesus, but in our lives right now. And so for this third talk, um, rather than a psalm and looking at the past, let's look at the present from Romans and some other passages from Paul. And uh, yeah, I hope that will be great for us uh, just to see Jesus at work in our lives and not just up in heaven, even though that's so important as we saw last week. And so what does the Bible say then? Well, the Bible says that we are, well, we are raised with Christ. The Bible talks about us as raised from the dead. You're a Christian, you are raised from the dead. So Ephesians, famous verses, because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. You've been made alive. Uh, verse 6, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Uh, you've been made alive, you've been raised, you're seated in the heavenly places. Uh, a few weeks ago we looked at Colossians. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Well, set your hearts on things above. You have been raised. Verse 3, for you died. You know, you've, been, you've died and you've been raised. And that's, uh, that's who you are, right? You're raised with Christ. Even here in this passage in Romans, it's the same thing. Eh? Um, verse 3, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried with him through baptism into death. You know, you're dead, buried, and raised. That, that's you. It's really strong language. It's like, um, sorry, all of this, Paul says, it's with Christ or in Christ. We talked about it last week. In what sense am I raised? You know, I, you know, I don't feel raised. I don't really have physically a resurrection body, as you will see. Um, no, it is, uh, as Paul says, in Christ. And I showed this picture last week. This is, helps, helps me. You see the baby and the kangaroo, right? Um, whatever happens to the kangaroo, going up the hill or going into the cave, happens to the baby, because the baby is in the mummy. Well, we are in Christ. Whatever happens to Jesus happens to us. If you trust in him, you're united with him, you're kind of one with him, and so he dies and he rises, well, that's you. It's a little bit hidden. Uh, yeah, verse 3, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Because it's not yet physical, that, that's future, it's, it's spiritual. But spiritually, no, you have died and you've been raised. Uh, you were crucified with Christ. It's like you were hanging there on the cross right next to him. And your body was put in the same tomb. And three days later, you and him together came out. That is how it is described. You are raised with Christ. And even though it's spiritual, the Bible says this is something real. Something real that's really happened to you. Uh, I, uh, 20 years ago, I was dead, the Bible says. And then in August 2001, I came alive. Because I am now in Christ. And his death and his resurrection, yeah, I'm connected to that. And that's come into my life. 
And so Paul can say, well, you are dead to sin and you are alive to God. And so that's how you should see yourself. Now, what does that mean? Okay, that's what the Bible says, and I don't really get it because I don't feel raised, but the Bible says I am. Okay, what does that mean for us? Well, a few things. First of all, a new you. That's what it says. Because you're raised with Christ, there's a new you. Most famously, of course, in 2 Corinthians, huh? famous verse, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. There is a new you. Because the old you is dead. And there's a new you, right, who was raised from the dead. You have really become a new person. And that's not just a little bit. I mean, can you be a little bit dead and a little bit alive? No, right? Death is, a, is very much a total thing. You, you, when you're dead, you are dead. And when you're risen, you, you are risen. It's not just a little bit. I mean, Jesus, Jesus was fully dead and he's fully alive. And that is what we share with him. And so it's, the Bible says you have completely changed now. And the old you is dead. And the, the, the old things you did are dead. And the old, you know, the, your, everything else is dead. <laughs> Now, why do we talk about that? Well, wait. Apologies. <laughs> well, it means that Christianity, it's something that goes so deep to who you are, right? If it's a really a new you. I think some people you meet and they think of Christianity as a, just a spiritual practice, like uh, yoga or something. You know, I want some help in my life. Let me try yoga, maybe that will help me. Or, you know, maybe I'll go to the temple and offer some sacrifices, maybe that will help me. They're just practices. You can't try out Christianity for a bit. If you're here and you're not a Christian, this is about you dying and rising. This is a completely new you that will come out of this. Right? Christianity is such a big thing. You see that in baptism. That's why Paul talks about baptism. You were baptized into his death and buried through baptism. I mean, sprinkling, sometimes we need to do that. But the way people are properly baptized is, as you can see, into the water, right? So here's the old you, and that's going into the water, and it's covered. It's gone. The old you is gone. And the new you comes out. Uh, new, fresh in Christ, raised from the dead. I think the Bible applies that in the sense that, look, many of us, we don't like our old self. I don't know how you think of the person you are. Many of us, we feel guilty. We feel ashamed or we feel unworthy. We look at ourselves and especially in comparison with others and you know, I'm, I'm from this country, or this is my job, and, and all these things that we think, this is me. And I don't like the, the, the old me. Isn't it great then that the Bible says, well, that's gone. You are no longer that person. You are a new person. And you are no longer guilty and unworthy. All of that is gone. You are now a perfect, holy, beloved child of God. You're raised from the dead. You're in Christ. All of that is gone. Right? Even other things, like your, your, you know, your study results, <laughs> doesn't matter. 
you're a new person. Your sexuality, doesn't matter, you're a new person. This is such a wonderful truth that there's a new you. A new you that's now, yeah, has a new life with God and can live in a new way. But to do that, you know, can we really do that? Because there, it's great that there's a new you, but we need something more. And this passage says, it's not just a new you. It talks about new power. Through the resurrection, the Bible says we, we have new power. Power sounds great, right? We all want power. Don't know what you think power does. But the Bible says you haven't just changed in status. You've changed from the inside. You have new power because you've been raised from the dead. So if you see this passage, look at verse 4 again. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now you can see the parallel. You, you know, you died with Christ, you were buried with Christ, and now you're raised. But what is that raised? It's living a new life. Living as in, not in the future, but living now, walking, live, living the Christian life. But Christ, but it's parallel. And Christ was raised through the glory of the Father. You know, how did Jesus come out of his grave? Well, all the glorious power of the Father through the Spirit brought him back to life. And if it's parallel, Paul's implying, look, that power is now coming into your life. Particularly, you've died to sin, right? That's who you are. You've died to sin. Look again at verse 6 as he explains about this. For we know that our old self was crucified with him, so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Now, when you were crucified with Christ, your old self well, was crucified, but the body of sin might be done away with. Why was this? It's not just something future, that right now you would no longer be a slave to sin. Because that's what we naturally are, right? Where we're slaves to sin. You know, we have a sinful heart. We're dead in our transgressions. But Paul says, no, when you were crucified with Christ, that death affected you, and now you have been set free from sin. You're no longer a slave, and not just changing a different employer. You, you no longer serve as a slave. You no longer do the duties of a slave. You are really set free from sin. And so there, there, there's power. Uh, I don't know, Kelvin explains it like this, a lovely picture. It's a, the, the language is a bit uh, old-fashioned, but just as a twig draws substance and nourishment from the roots to which it is grafted, so those who receive baptism with right faith truly feel the effective working of Christ's death in the putting to death of their sinful nature, together with the working of His resurrection in the making alive by the Spirit. And if you trust in Jesus, you feel His death and you feel His resurrection in putting to death sin and making alive by the Spirit, just like a, a, a twig. And you see this tree and there's this twig and it's got all this nutrition and all this, you know, this life and all this um, and water and stuff from the roots. Well, that's you. You're connected to Jesus and you receive from Him. You receive His death and His resurrection and then that empowers you. That's what Paul says. And that means that 
you can live a new life. That's the thing. It's not just you should live a new life. You're a new you. You can do it. And sometimes we think of the Christian life, you know, something like adoption. Adoption is, is a wonderful blessing of the gospel, right? That we are adopted as God's children. But adoption is just legal, right? Adoption, you get a new family, that's wonderful, but you don't change. If you're adopted, you don't suddenly get new DNA, right? That uh, the new family's DNA and you, you change. Now, adoption is just legal. But the Christian life is much more. It is not just legal, it, 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 there is power. And we sometimes explain the Christian life, like, like why should I stop sinning and live a holy life? Yeah, be who you are. And, and, and then we think it means be who you are legally. But it's more than that, right? It's be who you are deep inside. Be who you are kind of in Christ, with Christ's power in you. It's not just legal. I mean, legal is important. I mean, adopt a child. He doesn't want new DNA. He wants a new family. For us, we don't just want, you know, power and holy living. We want to be with God and in His family. Legal is really important, and yet it's not enough, right? For us to be true children of God, truly raised people, we also need to change. And God provides that. And so spiritually, you, you, know, you have died to sin, and you have been raised from the dead, and there's something real there. And that's wonderful, right? It's, it's more than that. If you think, yeah, otherwise it's so cruel, right, this passage. If there's no power, this, crew, this passage just says, okay, stop sinning and live for God. Well, I'm a slave to sin. It's like this child who is adopted into a family and, you know, uh, you're now part of an English family, so speak English. And this child comes from some other country and can't speak it at all. Right? It's not like that. Actually, you are transformed. You are raised. Christ's power is there. You can live differently. And so, well new living. Right? That's where Paul goes. You know, you've died with Christ, you've been raised with Christ, your old self is crucified, you're no longer a slave to sin. Verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Uh, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and you offer every part of yourself to Him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master. Right? You should really change. You, you are now this new person. So stop sinning, stop living your old life, live your new life. Live to God, because that is who you are. Christ died to sin and lives to God. You are with Him. Well, die to sin and live to God. Now when I say that, there's two errors we should avoid. I mean, I don't mean that we can be sinless. We are, we are not sinless, right? It's not that we can now live a perfect life and a real Christian never sins. I mean, what does Paul assume here when he says, don't let sin reign? Clearly, sin can still reign, right? Otherwise, Paul didn't need to say that. I mean, why would he have to say stop sinning as if Christians can't sin? Clearly, we still can. And yet, for many of us, we, you know, we think part of the gospel is that we are so useless. And we are, but we are not helpless. 
when you're tempted to sin, you shouldn't just think, yeah, I'm a sinner, I'm going to sinner, be a, sin, a sinner all the way until I die. What's the point of fighting sin? That's how many of us often re respond, right? We, we know we're still sinners, but we just give up. We don't try to live a holy life because, you know, it's, it's just grace and I'm a sinner, so... No. You actually have power. You don't need to sin, Paul says. What has Jesus has done something. He's died to sin and he set you free. And the point of you to be free is not to, you know, be, stay who you are, but to, to be the new you. We have a rabbit. We let it out of the cage. Right? We open the cage, he goes out. That's the point. If we open the cage and he just stays inside, what, what's the point of opening the cage, right? Jesus has set you free from sin. So, fight sin. And, and you can. You're not helpless. Now, again, you hear that and then you think, some of you feel worried. You're the kind of person who worries, am I holy enough? Am I sinful enough? There isn't really a standard. We, we shouldn't think as in, oh, if I'm this much, then I'm okay, and this one, I'm not okay. No, we're all different. We all have different sins. Sin works in different ways in our lives and in our personalities. I think the question is not how, how sinful are you, but is there progress? Look at yourself five years ago. Where would you rate yourself? And how about now? Do you see growth? Well, Christ is at work in you. Maybe you're here. Well, five years ago, were you, were you here? Right? Is there growth? But Christians can grow, and we, we should grow, because Christ has given us this power. So, yeah, let's do it. Let's, you know, uh, well, it says here, right? Don't offer yourself to sin and offer yourself to God. And, and what that looks like for each of us is different, right? I don't know, what are the sins that you need to fight? For some of us, it might be lust. Others, greed, and selfishness, pride. You know, how should you offer yourself to God? Maybe it's hospitality. Maybe it's prayerfulness. Maybe it's... Uh, courage to witness. You know, each of us have our own areas where we're still the old us and not the new us. And Paul would encourage us, well, use Christ's power and be the new you. Be who you really are deep inside. And that's what Paul wants. And how, but how do I do it then? You, you know, I say that and that feels strange, right? I think this is a very strange talk. We don't talk about us having power, you know, power. I, I think of, I can, I can do magic. It's, it's not like that, right? It's just power to live a new life. So let me just say, I don't think it's special. I mean, of course, it's based on your relationship with Jesus, right? It comes from being in Christ, so you really want to be growing in your faith. If you're not growing in your faith, of course, you're not growing in the new you. Of course, you want to be praying in the moment, right? If I'm struggling with sin, you know, I'm not going to try. I'm, I'm going to pray and ask for God's help. But for the rest, you know, try it. You know, you're tempted to sin. Try resisting. Don't give up. Try resisting. I mean, I've got a New Year's resolution. I don't know if you do New Year's resolutions. I, I thought by the end of the year, I want to be able to do free uh, chin-ups, you know, if you think free is very little, that shows you just how unfit I am. But basically, that's my New Year's resolution, right? 
how do I know if I have the strength? How do I rely on my strength? Well, I just do it, right? I, I, I just grab that thing and, and, and try it. That's how I find out that I have strength. I, I don't find out by just standing there and looking at it. Or by thinking, oh, it's too difficult for me. And it doesn't work like that. You just go and do it. And spiritually, that's the same. Uh, one of my favorite books is uh, Tim Chester, Enjoying God, and he, he talks about this. Uh, he, he talks about the Spirit's work, which is, of course, the Spirit giving life. Um, if you want to see the Spirit at work in your life, then attempt things that you feel you can't do without His help. If you try something that you think is beyond you, that's when you notice the Spirit's power to change you. Yeah? And don't complain that God never does anything dramatic in your life if you never attempt anything outside your comfort zone. Yeah? Don't know what it is. Resisting sin. Maybe you give up too easily. Try resisting and you will find out. Actually, you pray and God helps you. But you need to try it. If you don't try resisting, it's, it's nothing. Or, I don't know, maybe this week, you know, you want to invite someone to your house and you think, I'm too busy. I'm not sure if I have the strength. Well, try it. That, that is my advice. Take a risk this week, like inviting someone to your home. And you think you can't do it. You try it, you find out, hey, wow, I can. God's given me the strength to just do it. It's, it's really not super difficult. But, but if we do that, yeah, there will be change in our lives and in our church and, in fact, in our city. Right? I started with, you know, did the world change on Easter Sunday? Most of the world didn't notice. That's right, they didn't notice. But what they noticed is that within a few years, there were Christians everywhere. Uh, there were churches everywhere. Uh, there were people doing good everywhere. Now, the world did change, but it didn't change like that. It changed through us being changed. And if we want, you know, our city to change, if we want to see good around us, well, we need to change. It starts with us. Yeah, if we change, if we live for God by Christ's power, well, what can God do? Isn't that a wonderful vision for us as we think of the resurrection? It's not just in the past. It's right here in the present. Let's live it out. Well, the music team's going to come up. And why don't I pray? And then we'll sing. Father, thank you for Jesus risen from the dead, risen in power. And thank you for giving that to us. Thank you that we are no longer who we were. We are new people and you've changed us. Help us to live that out, to see what that means for our lives and then to, to trust in you, to rely on you as we live differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to sing this great song, Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Very fitting. It's also our time of offering.